All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. So if you think that Kamala Harris's appearance today was embarrassing and the laughing when asked the question about the Ukrainian refugee crisis, I mean, it just went on this awkward period of time. I don't know who's more awkward. Is it Joe Biden with his his mental lapses and his cognitive struggles, or is it Kamala Harris in this bizarre laugh of hers at the most inappropriate times? Anyway, she was asked um, about an investigation into Putin's war tactics, which raises the question of whether or not war crimes are committed. For example, if you bomb a, a maternity hospital, if you're you know indiscriminately bombing. Uh, neighborhoods and, and blowing them up, which is what Vladimir Putin is doing. Uh, and has you know, if you see pictures of dead women and children all over the place, if you look, you can find them. Uh, I know many people don't want to take the time to look because it's not something a normal person wants to see, but it is the reality. And, and that's why I'm having such a hard time with people that, that are trying to thread the needle and say, make excuses for Vladimir Putin. Now, if Vladimir Putin had territorial claims, there are other ways besides bombing and invading a country that he can make his plea and make his case. Uh, if he wants to be at war with the government of Ukraine, uh, there is a way to avoid civilian casualties or what we call collateral damage. He seems to be, you know, not caring one bit about the collateral damage. Anyway, here's Kamala's answer. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. Pregnant women going for health care? Being injured by, I don't know, a missile, a bomb? In an unprovoked, unjustified war? Where a powerful country is trying to take over another country, violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity, for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on this war. And what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities, I've no doubt. There's no doubt about what, we're, what our very own eyes are showing us and what we're seeing. I felt really bad the the picture that went viral around the world of this this woman and her kids dead in the street. Uh, the husband and the father found out about it by seeing these images publicly. That's how he that's how he found out that his wife and kids were dead. Pretty unbelievable. Um, Trey Yankst, who's been, you know, doing tremendous work in Kiev uh, for the Fox News Channel. Listen to his report. Yeah, guys, this joint press conference came across like a bilateral check in. It was detached from the reality on the ground. As the pair spoke, there were air raid sirens sounding in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. We heard this diplomatic and political speak from Vice President Harris. The Ukrainian people don't need 
that. They need anti-tank missiles. They need anti-aircraft batteries. I mean, we heard just all of this talk that you hear out of Washington about cooperation and friendship and to be nimble and swift in the response and understanding and appreciating. There are people dying as we speak on the ground in Ukraine, across this country, thousands of people. And the capital is being targeted from the ground and the air. The Ukrainians right now are calling for a no-fly zone because women and children are being bombed by Russian forces. Now, that's the difference between somebody who's been right there where all the bombing is taking place. And while in one location, it's also taking place in other parts of, of Ukraine and is seeing the death and the misery and the carnage and the reality that is Putin's war. And you know, I've listened to some of the commentary out there. Well, perhaps Vladimir has a valid concern on A, B, C, or D. Maybe he does. But killing women and children, should this should be a universal rule, as I've been saying. If you invade a sovereign country and you kill innocent women and children, men, women, and children, you should forfeit your right to run any country and forfeit your right to be alive. And that's why, you know, hopefully there's somebody with a soul and a conscience that doesn't want to be a part of this, an enabler to this, uh, that is close to Putin. Maybe it's a member of his military, one of his generals. Maybe it's an aide to Putin. Uh, and by any means necessary, getting this guy out of power. Anyway, Greg uh, Jarrett is with us. Uh, Greg, of course, is Fox News contributor, best-selling author, host of the podcast The Brief. And uh, you have made the case, and I think very compellingly, that Putin must be charged as a war criminal and brought to justice. Uh, you can it, There's such a disparity, though. I think that you hear Trey that's living the reality of this two-week-old war and, and living through the, the air sirens going off and the bombs bursting all over the place and seeing the dead bodies all over the place versus a detached vice president that giggles at the most inappropriate times. She's not just inexperienced. She is chronically inappropriate. It was really embarrassing for the United States to watch her giggle uh, at the notion of, of, you know, the killing of innocent, innocent civilians and refugees. Here's the law. Bombing a maternity and children's hospitals, shelling residential buildings, firing on fleeing refugees, destroying any infrastructure that supports the lives of innocent civilians. All of that constitute war crimes under international law. And whoever's involved in the chain of command that gave the orders all the way up to the head of state, in this case, Russia's Vladimir Putin, can and should must be charged. And here's, here's what is easy in terms of gathering evidence. Historically, it's been difficult, time-consuming. Perpetrators cover up their crimes. Witnesses are reluctant to speak out. They fear for their lives. But here in Ukraine, the world is watching in real time all of the war crimes that are being committed by Putin and Russia on a daily basis. And the evidence is being collected by reporters with cameras, survivors on their cell phone, and the collection and authentication of this evidence is no longer an obstacle as it has been in, in decades past. It has all been communicated throughout the world electronically. We're watching it, Sean, with our very eyes. The video of the bombings, as they happen, the explosions, the photographs, as you point out, Sean, of mangled bodies, of women and children, uh, pictures of the mass graves. Uh, all of this is self-evident proof. In the city of Mariupol alone, 
some 1,200 civilians, many of them women and children, have been slaughtered. And, you know, it has all been meticulously recorded. And so it should be relatively easy to expeditiously gather the evidence and file the criminal charges for war crimes, crimes against humanity, and crimes of aggression. Let's go through where this would work. <clears throat> you wrote a great column, uh, and it's at, on your website. It's the Greg Jarrett. Let me go back to this issue. You brought up the the International Criminal Court in The Hague in, in Netherlands uh, has opened a war crimes investigation of Putin. Now, I know it... It, it sounds great on paper, but in reality, we know it's the likelihood of this happening is not very high. Yeah, it, the ICC, as it's known, International Criminal Court, has an abysmal, embarrassing record. It's dysfunctional. Uh, you know, the goal of the court was commendable, but it has been hobbled by inertia, dysfunction, weak management, endless jurisdictional dispute, and quite frankly, feeble prosecutions. And, you know, you and I will, will be both uh, passed away before they ever conclude an investigation and recommend charges. So, as I point out in my column and co- podcast, better idea is for the United Nations to circumvent the ICC and establish a special tribunal just as they did for the mass atrocities in the Balkan Wars in the 1990s. And they brought Sean... Uh, very quickly, 161 different indictments, uh, many of whom were convicted and sentenced pretty rapidly, uh, including the former president of Yugoslavia, who, who was was charged. So it, it can be done. And, and then the question, of course, is, well, how do you nab people like Vladimir Putin and uh, all of his commanders down the chain of command? And, you know, that's really up to the Russian people, uh, either in a palace coup or a mass uprising that overthrows uh, Vladimir Putin uh, the same way as it did uh, with the former president of Yugoslavia. Uh, His own people took him into custody after they overthrew him and handed him over for prosecution. Let me ask you, why was it deemed even remotely controversial when I said he needs to be taken out by any means necessary? Why did people get upset? Then they got even more angry when Lindsey Graham said it, and now everybody seems to be saying it. So why the initial, you know, revulsion, it seems, by some on the left that I would say, cut the head of the snake off the snake and you, you kill the snake, and this ends? Uh, because you and Lindsay were not being politically correct with the woke crowd and the liberal oh, mainstream. Oh, I'm media. supposed That's to watch right. innocent women and children getting killed and, and not say the guy that ordered that should deserves to die? I'm, I'm yeah, not allowed to express my view of the death penalty? It is exactly what everybody has been thinking. Hasn't everybody said to their spouse or their friends or muttered under their breath, somebody needs to put a bullet in that guy's head? Now, I'm I'm not recommending that. What I am recommending is he be brought to justice. And as I say, only the people of Russia can do that. His, you know, Putin's inner circle that can, can get rid of him, take him into custody, palace coup, or the people. You know, uh, in Russia, they've had two very notable uh, instances of the exact same thing, the revolution of 1917 and 1991, 
when a popular uprising overthrew the, the leadership and spelled in the course of one day the end of the Soviet Union. It can be done. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Greg Jarrett is with us. Uh, we'll come back on the other side talking about war crimes. Uh, look, the Fed is meeting next week, and they say that they are meeting to rein in inflation. Now again today, another 40-year high, the highest ever. And this already has many economists predicting a, a big rate hike late next week on top of many others throughout the year. So, you know, Goldman Sachs says maybe as many as seven. If you've not refinanced your mortgage or maybe other large debt, if you haven't consolidated debt, do it now before it is too late. That's why I want you to contact our friends at AmericanFinancing.net. They will give you a completely free, no obligation mortgage review. They'll tell you exactly how much money you can save every single month, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars, and how much you'll save over the course of your loan. Anyway, their mortgage experts are waiting for your call right now, 866-615-9200, 866-615-9200. Now, if you don't call and you don't take advantage of it, you're making a financial mistake. Take this seriously. This is now real. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, NMLS, Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On the air now. We continue. Greg Jarrett uh, is with us on the discussion of Putin and and being a war criminal and what can be done. I don't think the world and we might have a test of this. If his territorial ambitions, if he's able to finish this job in Kiev, and, and that is in question, if enough weaponry and if we were smart enough to allow to to give Zelensky fighter jets like Poland was going to, and then the United States stopped, for what reason, I don't know. I think they're so fearful of Putin, it's ridiculous. We can't be held hostage just because he has nuclear weapons. He can't, because otherwise that means he can do anything he wants whenever he wants. But the, But the idea... That the United States of America, I think, needs to get to the point where we understand that if people want to fight for their own country, they ought to be given the weaponry to do so. And that's that's where I think America has a moral obligation. And by the way, I'm not the biggest fan of Ukraine, as you know. I've been very, very critical of past governments and corruption. But when somebody invades an innocent country and is killing women and children like this, uh, providing the weaponry when they show a desire to fight, I think, is the right thing to do. Right. Um, you know, Western nations, including the U.S., is, have provided uh, belatedly uh, the weapons that are the most effective, the javelins, uh, the, you know, the stinger, stingers, yeah. the stinger missiles and so forth. Um, we deliver that, but we won't get involved in delivering MiGs. Uh, there's, you know... <laughs> some inconsistency there. I understand the argument of not getting into a no-fly zone, because that involves uh, confrontation between Western nations and the United States directly. Uh, oh, if he goes to the Balkans, do you, do you think NATO would start a war with with Russia? Would they have a shooting war? Yeah, I, I, I wonder if they would. Yeah, I, I think they absolutely would. Uh, nobody wants that, of course. 
And, you know, a lot of this, obviously, Vladimir Putin is is the villain. But Joe Biden is not blameless. Joe Biden, after the blunder in uh, Afghanistan, the very next month met with Zelensky and signed a strategic partnership agreement, which for the first time in 15 years, uh, Biden said, I'm going to help you, Ukraine, become a member of NATO. Now, Putin going back all the way to 2007, said, don't do that, I'll invade. So what did Joe Biden do? He signed this agreement. And Vladimir Putin immediately began amassing more than 100,000 of his military forces on the border and eventually invaded. But for Biden's decision, one can effectively argue that what we have watched happen over the last two weeks, the human suffering and death and destruction would not has happened. There was a reason why three former presidents refused to greenlight Ukraine's admission into Joe. Joe is not blameless. I I do agree with you. And he also pushed our our NATO and Western European allies right into Putin's arms because of his economic and energy stupidity. Uh, Greg Jarrett, appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls coming up next. Quick break. Right back. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in a second. You know, Joe Biden, if you're wondering what the Democrats really want here, they've been saying they're going to get us off of fossil fuels. We went back and we got a montage of Joe Biden saying it again and again and again during the the campaign in 2020. Listen. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, we're all dead. Doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal, okay? And by the way, when they don't, when they're deliberate, we'll put them in jail. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with them, okay? Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. Now, that he says it repeatedly. Now we have a, an energy secretary, uh, Jennifer Granholm, she's saying war in Ukraine isn't the only thing sending shockwaves in the energy sector. There is climate change. This I'm playing this so you understand this is by design for all of these radical new Green Deal climate change cultists, socialist alarmists. Anyway, here's uh, Jennifer Granholm. And at the same time, that war in Ukraine isn't the only thing that is sending shockwaves through the energy sector. We know, you know, we have got to still reckon, reckon with the impact of climate change. That clean energy transition is not just coming, it is here. And you all know that because you're wrestling with it, obviously, yourselves. Your investors are demanding action in addition to, you know, financial discipline. Your, con- your customers are demanding climate action. 
70% of voting Americans support the clean energy transition. And I get it. This is beyond hard. Now, she even takes it a step further. Listen to this. She says, opening the Keystone XL pipeline, if we finish it, we get 900,000 barrels of oil a day from Canada. And anyway, so here's Granholm saying, oh, uh, opening up these things, more drilling to lower gas prices is the same old DCBS. And there are some here, or maybe at least lobbyists or beltway politicians who seem to think that this is the time to recycle old talking points. You know this. I mean, people are arguing that if a pipeline that wouldn't have even been in operation by now were still under construction, the situation with today's oil prices would be different, or that President Biden's policies have decreased production when we're actually at record levels of natural gas and LNG and will be at record levels of oil production, hopefully by next year. We all know that that is the same old D.C. BS. Well, the only BS is hers, because obviously, if you increase the supply of energy by drilling here now, we'll all save money. It's simple, basic economics 101. And then Jennifer finally goes on to say, then the war in Ukraine gives me more determination than ever to get our energy transition right which again exposes what their real agenda is. Listen. So for me, Putin's actions and the resolve of the Ukrainian people give me even more determination to get this energy transition right. You know, the truth is, I know this, the U.S. government has always partnered with the energy industry in times of need for over 100 years, over 120 years. The oil and gas industry has powered our nation and has gotten us to where we are today. And we are eternally grateful for that. And we want you to power this country for the next 100 years with zero carbon technologies. I think it's, it's often um, hard to see history in the making when you're right at the middle of it. But I think that we are on the cusp of the most important transition that human society has ever seen. And I hope that we'll look back on 2022 as the year that the world took giant steps to improve energy security and to tackle climate change. By the way, I hope you can all afford your your new electric Tesla. And I like Elon Musk. I find Elon Musk, he's a, he's a great innovator, smart guy. Even he tweeted out this week, yeah, extraordinary times uh, need extraordinary measures, and we need to drastically increase oil and gas production in this country today. Probably against his own company's financial interest, but he said it, and it, he said it because it's true. Anyway, eight hundred nine four one Sean, if you want to be a part of the uh, program, uh, let's go to Bill in New Jersey. What's up, Bill? How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. How are you? Thanks for I'm taking good. my call. I appreciate it, and we appreciate everything you do. I don't know where we'd be without you, to tell you the mm-hmm. truth. Thank well, you. Thank you. You're very, you're very kind. Uh, just want to speak briefly. You know the. Ukrainian Air Force has been sending their, their cargo planes out to Amari Air Force Base in Estonia to pick up, you know, armaments and whatever, and they've been pushing armaments across the Polish and, and, and Romanian border into Ukraine. So why can't Ukrainian pilots go to Ramstein in Germany, pick up the, the planes and fly them back? We're not going to send our pilots to fly MiG jets into uh, to, to Ukraine. It would have to be Ukrainian pilots anyway. 
I don't understand why the day before Blinken, Winken Blinken, was all excited about the idea of Poland giving these MiGs to the Ukrainians. And then the Pentagon uh, comes out afterwards and says, no, 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 we're against that. Um, and I don't know why they had to bring them to Germany in the first place. Now, we're told, and I don't, I don't really believe it, I think the Biden administration is dead set against the Ukrainians having fighter jets in this conflict because they don't want to make Vladimir mad. They, 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 they're, they're still hopeful that they can have a negotiated settlement here. Now, is it possible? Sure, anything's possible. You know, Putin laid down his four conditions. I went over them in great detail yesterday and that would cause uh, an end to the war. Uh, but he's also the same lying thug uh, that said that he was sending troops into the the Russian new Russian republics as peacekeeping forces. And we know that he was full of, of Adam Schiff at that point. I don't believe a word that he says uh, his indiscriminate bombing of of neighborhoods and men women and children it's now on display for the world to see if you want to put your head in the sand and deny it you can it, th this to me is more humanitarian than anything else do i well, have the problem, it, the problem is the europeans and the poles see that they can't count on the united states that's the problem they, they i hope they are seeing it because it's true they can't so Poland doesn't want to fly planes across the Polish border into Ukraine because then the, the, they're afraid that the Russians will attack them. But if somebody, uh, if, if a Ukrainian Air Force pilot flies in from Rammstein and goes into Ukraine, what can the Russians do about it? They can't do anything about it. That's why the, Poland wanted to transfer the planes to Rammstein first. But Listen, I, 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 think you're, I think you're correct in your analysis. I think, I think Poland wanted some some backing to make this effort and give these MIGs to Ukraine. There's no doubt about it. And and the people that nixed it were right here in the U.S. You know, look, I understand the threat of, of a nuclear conflict or the threat of World War Three is 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 almost impossible for the human mind to comprehend. And it's a scary thought. But with that said, just because Putin threatens it, it, you cannot let that fear prevent you from at least allowing the Ukrainians to fight back on their own. We're already supplying javelins and stinger missiles. So we do have a level of involvement. But, the, you know, I think there's this overwhelming fear that guides all liberals. But if you take that to its ultimate conclusion, Putin can just say, well, if you don't give me Poland, I'm going to nuke you. If you don't give me Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, I'm going to nuke you. At some point, when do you say, OK, we'll nuke you back? And there's going to be a heavy price to pay if you do it. Anyway, Bill, hope that answers your question. Uh, Stephen, Oklahoma, next on the Sean Hannity show. Glad you called. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. First, I want to say that uh, I've been in the military for 29 years, been a police officer for 20 years. So when I say I'm both humbled and, and honored uh, to get a chance to talk to you, I, I really mean it. You're a true warrior, and I appreciate everything that you do for not just our nation, but law enforcement and the military. Well, so, I appreciate all of you guys. We wouldn't have the freedom to do this show without you. Thank you. Yes, sir. So my question is, I have, I have a friend, and, and we, we talk politics from time to time, and we view different. We see things differently. Okay. He says that it's a good idea that we are getting oil from all these other countries because we're not depleting our own. And so my thought is, yeah, that would be a great idea. But the problem is, is they're using all these gains for nefarious acts and atrocities. But I would like to hear your opinion on that. Um, 
I think you gave the perfect answer. What do you think? What do you think it does to Vladimir Putin when he's making billions of dollars every day? It empowers him. It enriches him. He's we are making Russia rich again. Now we're going to make the mullahs in Iran rich again. And now we're going to make the OPEC nations, many that of whom don't like us at all, will make them rich again. Now we're going to prop up a murdering dictator in Venezuela and make him rich again. When we have enough energy to last 100, 200 years minimum. How stupid is that? Why don't we make America rich again? <laughs> Sir, I, I completely and totally agree with you. Um, I just I can't make him see that. I, I, I just didn't know if you had any other insight other than what you just said. Cause that's no, what you, said. you gave him the right answer. But these, look, there are really bad actors on the world stage. The mullahs in Iran, they're really bad actors. Um, Maduro, we know what he's capable of. Putin, we're watching, you know, human atrocities at a very high level. And there are people out there trying to make every excuse for Vladimir. Um, Vladimir had complaints about Ukraine. There were other courses of action short of taking over the country and indiscriminately bombing innocent men, women, and children in the process. Um, he didn't avail himself to that option because he didn't want to. And he's got this vision in his head, I believe, of the former Soviet Union coming back um, the way it was. And if those territorial ambitions go that far, at some point there will be a war with Vladimir Putin and Russia and his satellite countries. Anyway, Stephen, thank you. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Brad is in Washington. Brad, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking the call. And appreciate all you do as well. Um, yeah, you. so I, I work up in Alaska and um, in the oil and gas. I worked in Wyoming in the oil and gas. And you just sit here and marvel at how slow it is and then listening to the, and seeing the price of the pump. I mean, there's so many things that are just overlaying this whole issue. You know, you've got EPA and you've got environmental groups that kill, you know, I mean, it was in uh, South Dakota, they were going to try to build this thing called the Hyperion um, facility. They, they planned it from 2007 and finally had to pull the plug in 2012 because environmental and EPA. It's like we, we slash our own freaking throat by government. I mean, we don't. The government is killing us and people who love their, oh, we love our clean air, clean water. It's like, well, do you like the tires on your car? Do you enjoy the oil in your rig that you drive all over the place? Do you like your car? It's like if you hate oil and gas, you are clueless, truly clueless as to how much it is. It has you're surrounded by it. I mean, that that list that petroleum creates. Oh, it's 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 massive. One needs to be out and on everybody's bumper or rear window because it's like you people are brain damaged. And if you really hate this stuff as much, <laughs> enjoy your moccasins and um, you know give up your kayaks because they're plastic too. And uh, yeah, go go fishing with a spear because <laughs> you lost your mind. <laughs> Listen, if people understood what you were saying, to the extent that energy oil, it, it is the, as I say, I sum it up, it's the lifeblood of the world's economy. It is. Now, that doesn't negate the possibility that one day we'll have a cleaner, cheaper form of energy. I, I told you I used to go to this invention convention. I got a book from this guy, an inventor. He actually had a theory. He's since passed away. I, I don't have a copy of the book. It was self-published, I believe. And he just had a cool idea. He said the gravitational pull, if we could ever tap into it, that we would have an endless source of energy that the world could use that would transform the world, free energy for everybody, 
at any level you want it. But he also had this other theory that it would probably be used for nefarious purposes also, which is probably the next logical thought, too. So can that happen? I'm, I'm, I'm not a physicist. I'm not a scientist. So I don't know the answer. I'm not going to try and play one. I found it interesting as hell. So do I think there'll be a, some innovative somebody out there that finds that cheaper, cleaner, uh, affordable energy that transforms every world of the world economy? I do. But we don't have it. It's not windmills and it's not solar and it's not anything. And it's not Solyndra. It's not anything that any liberal I've ever heard talk about. If it was there, they would be not only billionaires, they'd be trillionaires. The person that makes that discovery is going to be the richest person on earth. Uh, good point. Appreciate the call. Thanks for what you do. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Final hour roundup is next. You do not want to miss it. And stay tuned for the final hour free-for-all on the Sean Hannity Show. 